right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Solly here. I have seen the guy I'm going to introduce next do it many times. He is a man that is often sick, yet he powers through without complaining. So I'm going to power through whatever I've got here without complaining. And that is Mr. TC. Hello, Mr. TC. Solly, appreciate you doing it for us tonight. Against all odds. Showing up, getting the job done. We are running on empty, on sleep. Um, but you know what re- totally rejuvenated me uh, today? That's the PNC, and we're going to get to that. Neil Schuster is here as well. Good evening, Neil. Gentlemen, what a pleasure to be here in the virtual studio with you. TC, nobody fights through allergies and, and weird sicknesses like you. Sally, you, at least you have a role model. I have something to draft off of. I have just a, a an example set before us, and we're going to try to follow it tonight. Our friends at Callaway, they asked us to use their ad read tonight uh, to pass along their thanks to the entire Knowing Up community for their support this past year. They always enjoy uh, when we share stories from listeners about, you know, Apex, you would heroics, triple track lovers, triple track haters. They enjoy hearing about that as well. Uh, everyone out there on the golf course, rocking rogue STNLU three woods and head covers uh, with the no laying up head cover. Of course, uh, all the DMS that TC gets that our certified master fitter always asking for advice. Callaway wants to wish everyone a happy, healthy and relaxing holiday season. Uh, they look forward to seeing the NLU community's recap of the worst golf gifts from their relatives, which is something we do on Christmas every single year. It's officially a tradition at this point. So, uh, thank you to Callaway for that very all class, absolute class uh, message to our listeners, and thanks to everyone for uh, supporting Callaway, who has supported the show for a long time. Massive shout out to Callaway. We appreciate the support over the past five years. Sally, speaking of bad golf gifts, I'm going to get you like a, a you know future credit to use on live tickets, so you can go to the Live Oklahoma event or something like that. Thank you, thank you for spreading the love this holiday season. All right, I'm going to throw this first question at, at uh, Mr. Mister Carter to start us off. Where do you stand on the PNC Championship, TC? Sally, I, I don't want to be bah humbug. I don't want to be a Grinch. I I hate this event. I hate it so <laughs> much. I can't help it. Yeah, like I didn't even get on Twitter all week. I got on Twitter today because the NFL was on. I avoided Twitter for the last four or five days because – this whole thing just puts me in a bad mood. And it's not even the event itself. It's just how people act around it, towards it, during it. It shows why we can't have nice things. I think Brendan Porath had a really, really good, well-reasoned, very reasonable article this week in the, in the Friday Egg newsletter just about, you know, kind of, hey, we can take the good with the bad. We can, we can find uh, some of the positives in this. I'm telling you, I can't find any of the positives in this. It is just, it is the most... <laughs> Oversaturated. I I hate it so much. It puts me in such a bad mood. I, I the part that makes me laugh the most about that is starting with I don't want to be a Grinch, but I hate <laughs> the this hit and giggle uh, that has been. Uh, so this is where I'm at on this. It seems like this this sounds like an idea that we would have of like they should get all the, like the the fathers and sons and daughters and sons and you know get their kids get their dads involved and play a little hit and giggle at the end of the year how fun would that be to see tiger play with his kid and like 3 years into doing it, it's like ah no i hate that too i hate it Fuck too this. like i yeah. can't tell if I like I I see some of the like the reaction to the reaction online, and I can't tell if I find myself falling in line with that to say like, oh yeah, this is dumb. When like, if I'm being really honest, I enjoy the heck out of this event. I think it's very just cool to flip on. I was spending a lot of time with family this week, and somebody asked to flip it on. Somebody wanted to, there's not really a golf fan wanted to watch Tiger and his son play. And everyone just like, uh, you know, everyone in the room, that's not really even sports fans where eyes were drawn toward the screen and laughing at the similar uniforms and things like that. And it just is like, man, this one maybe isn't for us the most, you know, diehard competitive golfers, but it's freaking entertaining. It really is. It's not like all working for me, but I'm I'm in favor of it, man. It's it's a fun end of season hit and giggle. Neil, where are you at? I think I'm with you, Sally. I I enjoy, and it's less about Tiger and Charlie. It's more about just like I like watching Nelly play with her dad, and yeah. I like seeing Spieth's dad show up. You know, repping the C suite hard. Like seeing he's got a really bad move and MVP it's index kind of fun in to watch. House. You know, 
And just, I like to watch the dynamic of like JT and how his dad's like kind of not really into reading putts. And he's like, come on, dude, let's just like speed it up here. Uh, there's a lot of good dynamics. If you get past the thirst, the thirstiness with Tiger and his son, I, I find the other partnerships both endearing and fascinating. Like, I mean, Podrick Harrington's son, like world-class dumpy, you know, that, that was, that was cool. Like ridiculous haircut. Like a lot, there's just a lot to be gleaned from this event. I think how these guys interact with their, uh, either their fathers or their sons, I think is interesting. And I think, I think Bacon had a good tweet about this this week as well, just about an event that reminds you of rounds with your parents or your family as well. And, there's no one that like celebrates family as much as golf does. Like you don't see like NFL, the NFL like celebrate people's families nearly as much. I will say Brian Brian Kelly down at LSU. That's true. That's fair. I will uh, I will allow that for the, for the family. But it you know there's some there's layers to it, right? And I also am going to flip around with TC on this one. And the evolution of the Charlie Woods thing has been. It's it's late in the game here, right? If they showed some some images of him from two years ago when he was a small little tyke, we'd never really seen him before, and it was hilarious to see all the ways that they imitated each other. Now that the voice has dropped, and now that he's thirteen and he's you know can't, you know ball speed's one sixty and he's carried it two hundred seventy yards, it loses a little bit of its charm to the point where all the, the the freaking out and the and the gawking online about this is like okay, well now it's not really that like cute anymore. It's kind of like you know, teenage weird years that, uh, you know, it's not quite as endearing as it was. So that in a way, like it, it, it's kind of like, we can't have nice things. Like it had to kind of evolve to this point. Well, now you've got, it's unfinished business. I mean, I mean, start the clock, man. They haven't won the thing yet. Right. It's not cute anymore. It might just be like, <laughs> is he a killer? Can he get it done? Like, I'm curious. Let's see next year, like appointment viewing. Well, I mean, we've got Cass Singh and VJ. It was it was, it set up perfectly for the Vetus Garolitis. Nobody beats Cass Singh seventeen times in a row. They won in their seventeenth appearance. Uh, that's it's it's insane. That's insane. But no, like I have I, I, I like I have nothing against Charlie Woods. This isn't about Charlie Woods. It's almost it's about the reflection we see when we look in the mirror, and not not you know us personally, but like golf Twitter, golf media, golf fans in general. Like I I want to crawl under a rock just because like I do not care about this event. And if you're online this week, you cannot get away from it. It is breathless. It is in your face. It is all consuming. It is creepy as fuck. It's weird, man. And then like, I will say like the, the whole like Charlie limp thing. I can't get down with that either. Like, I didn't watch a single minute of it. All right. But some people sent me the Charlie limp thing. So I just, I, I just can't do it. I can't get down with it. TC, I have a question for you. Would you, because I have a couple suggestions to make this event better, but would you take the Pebble Beach Pro-Am over this uh, and get rid of the golf course, get rid of the location? But, like, do you, would you rather watch Bill Murray do his bit and, well, and watch Carlton do his dance, or would you rather watch this? That's interesting you say that. I, so I played with Bill Murray this week uh, <laughs> on Tuesday. And He's dead serious. To listeners that are curious, he's, <laughs> we're absolutely dead serious here. Yeah, I played a match Jimmy. against him, I believe. Yeah, I beat his ass. Uh, four and two. <laughs> I played with Jimmy Dunn. I beat Jimmy Dunn on Monday, and I beat Bill Murray on Tuesday. It was a Whoa, surreal week. Easy, Don't do this, TC. Now. Don't do this. I will say, Bill Murray. Uh, I thought he was going to be burned out and just like the same shtick that we see at Pebble. I could not have had a better time and a better like he he could not have been more endearing, more engaging, more genuine, and all that. So I I truly feel like the the shtick with with Pebble is a lot of that is the way that they cover the tournament. Right. And a lot of that is, is it's like get up on stage and dance for me, clown kind of thing sure. with Murray. And they so stick the camera in his stands. face and all that. <laughs> I would take Pebble over this 100 percent. OK, like now 10 flip, times out of 10. reverse the like I would I think I would take this format, this at Pebble. The Beach scramble's over, sick. The scramble's sweet. I dig. I know. And I think that the I think the father son dynamic, it seems more these guys genuinely seem to be having an awesome time. Like they're playing with their kids or their their fathers. Like I think it's authentic that they all look forward to this event. I think the venue could be better, right? Like if you put that on a better golf course, more iconic place, a place that I'd like, you know, that course, the the Ritz course, it's just kind of boring. Uh, I think this could be better than the Pebble Beach Pro Am because I think some of the celebrity stuff is where I get a little worn out of like we're faking it here, guys. Like it's it's a shtick. 
same characters every year at that Pebble Beach Pro-Am, I don't get much out of that. I get more out of this, personally. Well, let's just be reminded, too, that this event was almost nothing. We this would never have even, we would never even, we, we have never covered it until Tiger started playing it, right? That's what made it like, and it's kind of like the future of watching Tiger Woods on television is the hero, the match, this, and like whatever majors are the flattest that, he, that are far enough apart from each other that he can go play. So it becomes a staple of the year in that way. Like if you want to watch Tiger Woods play golf, not on a screen, this is what it's going to look like. And um, I don't know. It's just like, I can't imagine replacing this week with another like actual real tournament or anything like that. It's God, better no. than the QB shootout. <laughs> it's better than the RSM. It's better than anything else really in the fall uh, as far as what to look forward to. And people are just totally, I, I don't know. It seems like with the match and this, it the, the lines between what is exhibition golf for entertainment and fun and co competitive golf don't get blurred too much, right? It's like they're steering into the entertainment aspect of it. It's a scramble. Who the hell cares? I, I'm pro this. I think it's fun, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a Grinch this Christmas. I'm gonna and be that's kind of where I'm at with the the Pebble Beach event. Is like that does blur the exhibition yes. and the competition, and I'd rather just be one or the other personally. Um, that's fair. That's fair. And I, I think, think that like yeah. Pebble's a great look. Like I wish Pebble got a better tournament you know what i'm saying like it, it the I, I don't know i'm just i'm thinking about this event at a better course like you know that that would improve the experience for me but i like the format i like the dynamics i think it's interesting i yeah it's me like it's more just me being pissed off at like the state of the world right and like solid sure. your point about the this thing like wasn't a big deal until tiger and charlie rolled around like that's that's the take right that's it that's it's true you know, and that's, it's, it's just a fun exhibition until that happens. And now it's like all this all consuming people that, that, or that this all consuming thing that people are trying to glean and squeeze every single click and page view out of. And it's just, it's kind of sickening to be honest. And that I'm down with that. Like I, I don't enjoy that part too. That part weirds me out, but when I flip the TV on, I still like am entertained by it. I, I think it's, I think it's, that part's funny. I think see again, seeing it through other people's lens as well. And that, you know, I, I guess I don't let golf Twitter ruin it for me by, you know, all the seeing the same highlights over and over again and, and things like that. But I do think it's an incredible change from when Charlie Woods was tiny and it yeah. was hilarious to watch him club twirling and fist pumping. Now it's like, I don't know. Then now I feel like I'm psychoanalyzing, but it's like, all right, dude, like Guan Tian Long made the cut at the Masters like when he was 14. Like you're 13 and fist pumping really hard in the PNC. Like I'm not really, that's not as charming as when you were 11 years old. Is it a little bit weird how much he imitates his dad? Oh. <laughs> Did you see the clip? Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze a 13-year-old here. I guess we are at this point, right? But, like, at some point, you know, like, listen, you have, like, one of the most iconic parents in in, in the history of sports, right? Like, I, it's, a, it's a big shoes to fill. But on some level, like, you got to kind of try to be your own person, I guess, which I, I think he's doing, but I don't know. Seems like kind I mean, of I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna gonna bite on that one. I, I would just I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I appreciate that he's you know, he's like, I want to play golf. He wants to Yeah. I appreciate you're like, it. Yeah, you're saying big that. shoes to fill. Let him I'm gonna let him act however he wants to act. There was a clip going around, you know, they were interviewing Charlie after the first round. He did like a tiger answer of like, well, I, I pushed him as hard as I could. I really could. And uh, I just had to have a giggle about that. The limp was I I there's there of course Tiger being coy about another Woods injury of like oh it's just it's just growing pains just growing pains it's like all right this that's too much like I can't have you guys both limping around in the same way out there that's that's a little much it is what it is anybody else you want to give a shout out to in the PNC you know we've got the uh, the sinks Neil perhaps they have some unfinished business I I believe they do and it was his other son not the one that caddies for him so you know he's he's uh, he's giving giving. Both siblings a shot at the title. They haven't they haven't gotten the job done though. So the Coochers were out there. Good for them. Good to see oh, them. You know Gary what? Player. The, the Sinks did win in 2013. But it might have been the other the other son. Okay. So maybe Stu does have some unfinished business with with this son. They ruined uh, Davis and Drew Love's uh, first title defense. Mm. There we go. How do you guys feel about the the uh, the purse? Winner gets 200k. I think second place it starts to go down to like 60k. 55 50k just, after that let me just let me just say this right here we, we don't care we don't, we don't care, care. <laughs> i mean that's probably the best like for pnc that's probably the best investment you could possibly that's make. what i was thinking the exact same thing tc like what a 
what a good deal they're getting. Total purse is like a million bucks. And think about all the all the airtime they get. Like it's the one event the cat's actually playing in. And and it's like the lowest title sponsorship on the menu. That's good. That's really good stuff. Just a total clearance sale. I love it. There might be an appearance fee slash foundation donation or something. They I, I can't imagine they're getting off with just just that putting up that kind of purse. Um, but I don't yeah. know. If you're asking for shout outs, I'll say I would love to hear a recap from Jordan Spieth this past week after playing with Nelly Corda. Because every time they showed her on screen, she was draining some kind of putt for mid-range. And like there was just people all around just shaking their heads. I would just love to hear a recap of that. I'm, I'll, maybe we'll effort that in January from Spieth. Could, uh, but that was, that's another fun element of this. I mean, the Annika thing and, and mixing Nelly in. And hopefully they get more women involved into the future. I have a feeling that they're going to try to do the same thing to, her, to Annika's son that they've done to Charlie Woods. Uh, and, and get as many impressions out of him walking putts in as possible. But... It's part of the charm of the event, and like the kids seem to really get a thrill out of being on that stage and, and getting a chance to, to show off and whatnot. I was hanging with my 11- and 13-year-old cousins this past week, and it was pretty hard to like picture them out there like performing on that big a stage and, and seeing that unfold. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't bag on the kids as much as we do, but hey, we're saying what we feel. Again, I'm not bagging on the kids. The kids aren't the problem. The adults are. It's just like youth sports. The kids aren't the problem in youth sports. The adults are. Want to give a shout out to our friends at Original Penguin. It is the brand you wear for the good times. They have got stylish wardrobe for your whole closet, your whole game. They've got every kind of apparel you could imagine. I love the lightweight hoodies. I love the sweaters. I love the jackets. TC's got some of the most colorful jackets you'll ever see. You know, I keep, I've got many different variations of many different blue jackets in my closet. Uh, this iconic American brand was born in 1955 as Munsingwear, and now Original Penguin is worn by masters of leisures and sports, true legends of the game, and now a full lifestyle brand with streetwear, loungewear, golf apparel, tennis collections, and pickleball gear. You'll see us wearing a lot of their stuff in Taurus Sauce uh, right now, which is airing on our YouTube channel. We have our final episode coming up. The, this week, and they have it all for you and your original style. So go to OriginalPenguin.com, use code NLU for 20% off site-wide. OriginalPenguin.com, code NLU for 20% off site-wide. Golf stuff, golf shorts, anything you can imagine, they have it on that website. Sully, are you a pickleball guy? Uh, I've played it once, and I'm way in, and I want to find a place to play it way more often. Sully, I am the, literally the exact same boat. Played it once like three weeks ago, and was like, man, I get the hype. That's it? I, I think That's I'm it. in. Yeah, and I still like playing just you know real tennis too. But it was it's great, man. It's really a good, cheap way to get some competitive thrill. Big fan. Well, a few other notes from the PNC. It was the final telecast for Gary Koch and Roger Maltby. Um, Rog got to follow Tiger's group in uh, on the last hole. So the last hole he covered, actually the last shot that he covered was uh, Charlie Woods holding out, which was and I had to kind of laugh a little bit at that, but. Uh, it, uh, I, I think I'm kind of in the boat. I'm still in the boat of it was not a long time coming, but it was probably just time for a change of some kind. I don't think Raj or Gary did any, anything necessarily to deserve being let go, but it was probably time we've long called for changes of, of many different kinds in the way golf is covered on television, and this was an easy-ish way to do it. And uh, I wish them nothing but the best, and they've been a part of a ton of memories that uh, from watching golf growing up all the way to this moment. And uh, it's still, even if, I, even if I feel like it was the right move in some way, it was a, a bit difficult to watch uh, their, their last telecast. Yeah, I'm a Coke head. I'm a big, big Gary Coke guy. Uh, Raj is obviously a legend. Uh, I think both of them probably deserved a heads up, at least. Or, you know, I think Coke was upset that, that, it, like, he, that he didn't get a chance to say goodbye to people. Uh, during some of these tour events and, and you know, kind of have not like a farewell tour, not like a Coach K farewell tour, but, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, have one final season knowing that this was going to be his last one. And it's a little bit weird as well where they said that they, they're trying to get younger, they're trying to get more dynamic, and then they hire both of whom I like, Kurt Byram and Brad Faxon, both of whom are older as well. It just seems like it was very much a cost-cutting measure, right? 
If it involves NBC, I'm sure it was. Um, I think it was more of a, you know, Byram and Faxon are both significantly younger than Coke and Malpy, who are 71 and 69. I forget which order that is. Um, I will say that. And they they were, you know, Faxon was a new hire, but Kurt Byram's an internal promotion from already within the NBC family. And the hire that they also made is Smiley Kaufman um, in a full-time role. So I think they're kind of filling the coffers, promoting within, but filling the coffers with, uh, with some younger guys, I think, um, you know, we got a question there from TRTV83, the best options to replace Coke and Maltby. I've long called for more Kurt Byram. I think he's an excellent analyst. I think he, he toes the, the line great for entertaining and knowledgeable and all of those things. It, it, it felt for me these last few years, I thought that the team of Hicks, Johnny Miller, Gary Coke, Roger Maltby was so good. The four of them had real, real chemistry. And taking Miller out of it is just kind of left, I don't want to call them lame duck years, but it's just not the same glue that holds them together. And um, in that regard, kind of finding a new crew to, to kind of find some chemistry um, together is probably a good move. Um, I, just don't, I just don't think that Coke and Malpy are there to carry the show probably more than they need. To, like they, they need to carry it more now than they did when John, Johnny Miller was there. I agree. There's nobody that, there in the booth to really bounce anything off of for them anymore, right? It's like, what do you think about that, Raj? Or that, there's not that constant volleying of, of, you know, back and forth. And I will say, Coke and Malpy are 70 and 72. Faxon and Byram are 61 and 63. So they're not, like, significantly younger. I like, I'm, I'm right, I'm, I'm in lockstep with you. I like Smiley. Really like Kurt Byram and love Faxon, especially if he wears that brown suit that he wore at the... Uh, <laughs> At uh, what was that yes, Chambers Bay? Yeah, yeah, that was spectacular. I mean, they're not young, but that's ten year difference. Like you know, if they if they're announcing for the next ten years and they're here, it'll probably be like, yeah, it's probably time yeah. for you guys to retire. So, what about Duval getting him more involved? I, like this is this is a wish list, right? Like I'm sure maybe he doesn't want to do it, or like I, I take this question as like, okay, dream dream setup. Like if of guys that are doing it right now, I would love to have more, you know, hands on telecast stuff from Duval. Like I really I appreciate him on the the you know, live from stuff in the studio. I think he would be a decent guy in the booth. Do you guys agree with that? I do agree. I, I, I'm the same question you have. I wonder what his appetite is for that. I mean, it's, it's a total, it is a demanding, demanding lifestyle into, you know, into your whatever age, you know, you know, he's fifties and sixties and things like that. Like, do you want to be on the road 25 to 30 times a year? You know, talking golf and, you know, the money's not insane from NBC. I don't think it's not like it's can't, pass up opportunities. It's truly a lifestyle choice at that point in your life. Is that what you want to do week to week? And Davis Love tried it and found out very quickly that was not for him and didn't want to do it. And um, so in that regard, I wonder if it's not like they're choosing from an unlimited pool of people that are, are, are capable of, of doing it or, or want to do it. What about TC, like players, guys that aren't even in the booth? Do you have a, like a dream commentator? Someone you're like, man, I wish that guy would do it. I mean, Harry Higgs. Like Harry would probably talk too much. He would probably have to figure out how to tone it down and whatnot, but he'd be really good. Just cycling some players in, you know, that have come off the course on, you know, for Friday afternoon coverage, guys that have played Friday morning that can help bridge the gap. Like just asking these dudes to be super serious about the grain and the read on a putt on Friday afternoon is not putting you in a position to succeed. If you change up the pace, even when Tiger comes in the booth at the Hero and they just kind of have like a live podcast on air, you're on air enough hours where that makes sense to do. Come bring guys in, give them a chance to show off some personality, give them a chance to show off their sponsors, something like that, so that these guys don't have to carry a load for a 12-month season. Golf never stops, and these guys never stop talking. Let's give them a break from doing that. Well, I, th- I think also there's there's a certain sense of like, all right, we got to figure it out right from the start. Like maybe you don't. Maybe you can cycle a few guys in or out or, or again, going back to the Fried Egg, Horath had a great, great piece on this this week. He's like, hey, like, like, don't be afraid to fail. Like, try some new stuff, get some new blood in there, cycle some guys in and out. Um, and I'm, I'm totally with you as well. Like, get, you know, getting guys in the booth and, and talking about what happened that day, it, you know, it's a no-brainer. I would say the other one to your question, Neil, Jeff Ogilvie. Yeah. Um, but again, I think it's lifestyle choice, right? I would, I would have to think so, yeah. Mel's nineteen two thirty said, "Can time heal Tiger's injuries, or do we have to resign ourselves that it's over with very little hope?" Uh, and a side note to this question, also, Padraig Harrington said that he thinks Tiger Woods will will win another major. Um, and really, I, yeah, I, I 
I don't know. I'm amazed that we need to revisit, I guess, this this part of the conversation of what is hopeful for Tiger. But I don't know how you see this even compared to like last year and are extremely hopeful. And that comes from a strictly health perspective. Like he's not even trying to pretend that he can walk 72 holes right now, plus a pro-am or whatever. You know, I, know, I know they don't have major, uh, pro-ams at majors, but... I, I, he, I can tell his shots, he just can't walk. Like, hey, the walking's a big problem, and I don't know how he's ever going to be sharp enough to actually contend. I, I think people are maybe anchoring to that opening round at the Masters. There was nothing, we never saw anything else like that from him the rest of the year. Well, yeah, oh, I would, I, one thing, I mean, seeing him with like 180-plus ball speed, you know, crazy. off the tee is, is wild. I, I mean, I know this probably isn't the sexy answer, but I wish he'd just take a cart. I'm I'm team cart man. Just I'd love 100%. for him to go Casey Martin on us and just like yeah, like you you if you can hit the shots but you can't walk, I'm cool with it. Like get just just riding cart. Was that last week, Sally? That we we were talking about the like the difference between Casey Martin taking a cart, like just in in the philosophy and psychology of it between Casey Martin taking One a last cart. Couple weeks, I think. Right? Was Martin's was a. a birth defect right versus and then tigers is a you know a self-inflicted accident right and sure you know then does that open up things if if anyone has an injury of some kind can they take a cart and I, I meant to make this point when we were talking about a tc is i've been to champions event where they all take carts and it's hard to stress how silly it looks like hit a bad shot and just like sulk and run over to your cart and like out of the way please like move please out of the way it is. It really is a tough look. Like it will be such a spectacle if Tiger would take a cart. Uh, yet at the same time, I think it's like make a freaking exception so we can watch you play golf is a reasonable thing. But it's it, he has dismissed it so quickly that I think it's an open and shut case, Johnson. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's anything Tiger would ever be interested in. I'm shocked to hear Podrick say that. That's like, and 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 I say that as someone who, like, predicted that Tiger would win another major. You know after like after 20 or after 2015, 2016 and all that. And, uh, and I think Randy still owes me a thousand bucks on that count, but I think that's true. Yeah. But, uh, but like, I, I just, I can't see it. I mean, maybe lightning in a bottle for two days and he's in the hunt after two days at, at Hoy Lake or, because I think the other thing is like, he's not going to be able to play all the majors. Like, I don't think there's any way he plays Oak Hill. You know, he'll play LA this year. He'll play Hoy Lake. And then, Augusta, I assume, and then you know, same same deal next year. I guess next year we have Valhalla next year, Valhalla, Pinehurst, and Troon. I just I think that leg is going to get worse before it gets better. I don't, you know, we have plantar fasciitis now. TC's predicting turf toe next to come up, to yeah. come from this. Like, uh, it's not it's not good. I I don't know why we can't just like sit back and. Why, why we continue to do our, do this with the cat. If it happens, I will be here celebrating, and I will be here celebrating the miracle. I think the opening round of the Masters this year was a freaking miracle. Um, but you saw the smile on his face when he finished the round, the the tournament and finished in 47th place or whatever it was. He was just happy to have finished 72 holes. And, like, imagine, like, beating Rory and Scheffler and Morikawa and all these dudes at 72 holes of major championship golf on one leg with no like uh, no no form coming into it it's just extremely extremely hopeful he is not uh he's not a superhuman yeah and it's I mean shit Neil going back to your thing to see him at that kind of ball speed with a totally different swing like his swing is all arms now and he's still absolutely just rocks the ball. It's it's so impressive. So it is wild. I know it's still fun to watch. That's selfish, right? I get it. If you want to take a card, I'm not gonna like beat up Tiger for that. But I just man, I wish we could figure out like I'm also curious what kind of uh like what is rehab? Like I maybe he's talked about this at the hero. I didn't listen to the press conference, but like what's he doing? Is he is he how hard is he grinding to, you know, get the leg back to get rid of the plantar fasciitis? I don't I mean, know. It's just rest, though, is the thing. Like that's what he he keeps saying is like he just needs the rest. It's just every event he plays in sets him back, and it's like a month, you know, with yeah. your feet, with your foot up, and it's like I just don't know how you really build on that. Question I have: Does this kind of end to his PGA Tour slash you know competitive golf career increase his chances of playing on the Champions Tour where they do let you ride on carts? I've never pictured Tiger playing Champions Tour, but it kind of feels like it maybe does. I don't know. That's, that's unbecoming of the cat. He doesn't. He doesn't need the paycheck. 
right? Like, and I don't know if he, if he's I don't know if he would boys. get the competitive juice out of it. I mean, just want to be competitive. He's out there with the boys, you know. I just miss, I miss, I miss beating these guys. I'd love to see Tiger get into coaching or getting in, like you know, kind of take some dudes under his wing. You know, I think he's kind of done that, but like be be a little bit of a like a swing coach, right? Or you know, impart the knowledge. I think that'd be really really cool. Which I do, yeah. I wonder, and I get a lot of people are like, "Is Charlie Woods? Is he going to the PGA Tour? Is he going to the tour? Is he going to the tour?" I'm like, I mean, sure, maybe, but he's going to have to beat like a, an entire generation of of players that his dad helped create, right? And I don't know if does Tiger Woods have secret golf swing advice that he can pass down only to his to his son and only to his son? I don't know. Uh, I and you know, I'd be curious though, is like what that coaching process really actually is like, and how. How much Tiger wants that for his kid, even? But I, I don't think he's no, going to no, be. No, I'm not I know, saying for his I kid. I know you're not. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm okay. just curious if, like, he is, you know, maybe holstering some of that stuff to only share with his son. I don't. I don't. I. I. That's that's above my pay grade. Who's asking you these questions, Sally? Uh, my family and my my high school oh, okay. buddies were were texting me today too about like, oh, oh, for sure, Charlie Woods for sure going to the tour. I'm like, all right, let's back up on this a little bit. <laughs> They they're all football guys. I'm like, is Tom Brady's son going to be? That's that's basically what we're saying here. And uh, so so I have some I have some tough conversations around golf, as I'm sure you guys do at times too. For sure. The first question out of anybody's mouth is always, "What is he so like? What's this live live thing? Shoddy golf thing? You know anything about that?" And it, my answer is always, "How much time you got?" I just set you up for the segue there. Why don't we do that, TC? That was an expert level segue. Uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. Atul Kasla. Does that sound right? He was the. It does. Uh, he was the COO again. Is that right? I I always he yeah, was yeah, CEO of Live Golf, and to this to this day, the only interview I've read. I know Sean Zock and some other people had a chance to interview him uh, at one of the the final Live events, and talking about the future of the league and the business plan and things like that. And the only interview I read that was like, huh, all that like made sense. Like it's wow, it's wildly ambitious, but like that really interesting answers and like wow, that's an adult in the room. Well. The news this week is Otto Kostler, the veteran sports executive who was expected to guide Live Golf into the franchise model in which it has staked its viability, has resigned from the venture that Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund financed in a challenge to the PGA Tour. Kostler's exit just more than a year after Liv announced his appointment as its chief, chief operating officer comes as the startup struggles to gain sustained traction and confidential records reported by the New York Times this week suggest is far from reaching the benchmarks that would make it successful. Uh, this was another report in the New York Times. So my question is, uh, how bad are things that live? Because this seems like a very, very bad thing for them. Yeah, this guy, I mean, he seemed like the the adult in the room. He seemed like a, a competent very uh like he came from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he was their BD guy slash uh, uh, chief commercial officer there. Yeah, I was impressed when I heard him speak as well. So kind of this is shocking. Uh, it's also interesting to see the New York Times continuing to report on on live and and you know on that front. And then uh, also this week, the Wall Street Journal uh, released something about where the uh, live was accusing the PGA tour of rallying the nine 11 victims and nine 11 families against uh, live. So I think that was, that was a very, like it's, it's very, it's been very interesting to see these two uh, you know, journalistic entities report on live versus the PGA tour and which sides they fall out on. And, you know, it's uh, it's, it's coming into contrast. Now the PGA tour, it's, it's very interesting to see them aligned with the New York times. Cause I would imagine that, among their ranks aren't a whole lot of New York Times readers. Uh. <laughs> well, it's interesting that, uh, again, the Wall Street Journal report that you're referring to there, that the title's Live Golf accuses uh, PGA Tour of secretly coordinating attacks on it by 9-11 victim groups, which is interesting phrasing, I would say, uh, in that regard. And it is just, it, it, I read it and I'm like, Man, it's a report of what Liv is claiming, right? And that is a that's a, lo- a far cry from like a, a report. Like the yes. New York Times reports recently have been like, they're not. This is not what the PGA Tour is saying about Liv. It's like a, their own fact finding. No, this is uh, what, oh, this is what Mc, the McKenzie boys are telling Liv to do. Which I get <laughs> product out of that is Project Wedge, or yeah. or telling or what they're telling them not to do, and then yes. Liv's doing it anyway. In you know, in very certain terms. 
I think successfully my 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 bullshit detector is up so high and that like I haven't confirmed or and I didn't even see much reaction to this. Like Greg Norman said this week that he had met with JT to talk about Liv and hey, do you notice he doesn't say anything bad about Liv or what we're doing because he understands what we're doing? I was like, okay, well, probably none of that's true, but they may have met, but I'm curious to see the actual details of that. But I now nothing gets by me where I'm automatically like, huh, that's an interesting fact. Yeah, I mean this this news with Coastal is like it's not you know, it's not good. It, it, to me shows that like, I mean, it's probably just like he, I'm, I don't know, probably got fed up with it, but I don't think that this at live is not going anywhere. I almost think that some of these reports put the, the PIF and, and Saudi government into like, we're going to show you, like, I think it, it would, it will force them to dig their heels in even more and continue to throw money at the problem. So I don't think it's like, Oh, they're going to fold up and go home next year. Like, I don't think that's happening. All right. So their run rate this year was, I think, you know, I think it was like 850 million, close to a billion. Yeah. Was the estimate. So, so assuming they'll have to do something similar to that, because that didn't include all the bonuses and everything, right? That was just the cost of staging the events and purses and all that stuff. Probably Correct some of the I'm bonuses wrong. too, which I'm guessing are paid out as an annual, like an annual okay. contract, you know? And I think they've got two to three billion set aside for this, so that would suggest that they've got another two years in them, two to three years, le- you know, left in them at at this rate. Um, and, you know, and they still haven't announced a, a TV contract. Well, but the question of that is, I, I don't think it's like, hey, the, the money's dried up. Let's let's go ahead and pack it in. I think it's when they get embarrassed enough to pack it in that, that they change it, right? If they want, if they need more money to keep it going and to find whatever they're looking for out of this, they'll find it, right? It's just it, to the point where it's like, do we want to continue to do this, and is it accomplishing what we want to accomplish? That uh, that that things end. But man, it's it just doesn't see. I don't know. It's weirdly quiet. Everything's weirdly quiet now. They're not even attempting to muster up any rumors about guys they're signing. And if they go into this next year, 14 events calendar with only five events outside the U S with no new signings, that's going to be a tough, tough way to start this year after having some perceived momentum and the novelty's worn off at this point too. For sure. Well, it seemed like this coastal guy was very competent. And what I learned from this article is like, well, obviously you got, you know, Greg Norman, that's probably not easy to work with. Number one, and then is it he seems consolidating like power? By the way, that's that's what I'm thinking. I, when I see on I this. think it's the uh, what I was going to say is I think it's that governor of the PIF. Was it, I, I can't remember. Al Rumayan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, it's the the article said that he's known as a micromanager. So I'm guessing that probably has a lot to do with it as well. That he might be the the guy that's tough to please or. You know, it's it's this one day, and then he changes his mind, and he won't get out of the way. So the the two of them at the top, that has to be just a tough, you know, a tough duo to work for slash with. A reminder for the listeners, at this time last year, the COO was Sean Bratches, who was another adult yeah. in the room that resigned from this position. And uh, so just something to keep an eye on as, as things continue to get really weird. There's more live stuff this week and that there was a filing of blah, blah, blah. I don't even care to read the details anymore. But basically live play into the story that there was going to be this huge secret meeting at the match. And it was, you know, the purpose of the meeting was to deter live. And they tried to put that into a court filing and the tour replied saying like they literally made this up to like try to give off the idea of collusion here. And it's a totally fabricated story that there was no meeting at the match. Uh, and it's just, we got, a, we got multiple years of, of this tit for tat stuff. that's going to continue to unfold. Project wedge, baby. I love it. Uh, Liv also announced Tucson, Oklahoma, and West Virginia stops for 2023. Uh, just, you know, three hotbeds of, of golf. The Greenbrier. Uh, I love seeing your guy Jim Justice officially get involved. Solly. I was going to say, it's West Virginia. Now Solly's going to flip. He's, he's going to be all in. <laughs> Bringing golf to the great state of West Virginia. If Liv goes and buys out Neil Brown's contract, then maybe I could flip on this thing. But I think West Virginia is going to have to keep Neil Brown for another year because they can't afford to fire him. But if Jim Justice was handing out hundreds originally, you know, to the fans out there, I wonder what he's going to be handing out now because it's got to be a a very fruitful endeavor for him, I would imagine. I think the biggest thing about all this live stuff where they're going, it's like, all right, they're going to this like third tier course outside of, is it Oklahoma City or Tulsa? And then they're going to 
the former site of the WGC match play, like the, the old Dove Mountain site. It's called the Gallery now. And then they're going to another place that's had, you know, that used to have a second or third tier PGA Tour event at the Green Which confuses me because I thought it was all about the golf. Like, you know, I thought that was their mission all along. And yet it seems like it might not be. And I don't know where that leaves me as a golf fan, you know, it just leaves me confused. I can't figure well, it out. TC, those locations make a ton of sense to me because it's almost like a lot of the players that have joined live. It's like, oh, we used to, you know, we used to have this high stature in the game. We had a, we, there were, hey, we had a tour event years ago. Like, come back, you know, they're just kind of trying to squeeze a little bit more out of it. I love it. Well, it's funny. Like, you know, maybe Bubba's trying to get real estate prices back up at the Greenbrier after he, uh, you know, after Jim... Jim gave him some stuff. Same with Phil, right? Phil had a place there. And P. Remember P's video when he was on vacation? That was at the Greenbrier. And then I, I assume Oklahoma. I assume that's probably Taylor Gooch. But it's just a weird deal, too, because, like, I don't know. I feel like they've they've staked their claim on being this international golf thing. And it's like, yo, you're going to Tucson, Oklahoma, and West Virginia? Like, that It just it kind of strikes me a little bit odd. I mean— they have five events outside the U.S. The PGA Tour, which everyone's mad about not having a global presence in the game, has seven events outside the United States. Uh, and when you think about how many starts are available in live events and all the bullshit they've spewed about growing the game worldwide, it's like they're creating such a minimal amount of starts outside of the U.S. for like global golfers. And I know they have the Asian Tour thing that they're doing and all that stuff just to distract everyone else from this, but... It's just such a facade. It's all, there's there's nothing there. It's totally not there. And I wonder, like I'm hearing what you're saying on where they're going to some of these events. That all sounds like Norman to me of, we're going to hurt the tour here. We're going to hurt the tour here. Everyone that the tour has scorned in some way, you know, we're just going to dig at them a little bit. And that's where I'm wondering, like how much Norman and the Piff's uh, goals align, right? How does, how is he able to continue to gain more and more power, allegedly, when it seems like he would have done his part. And uh, if they really are trying to accomplish this global golf thing, it should not be, uh, they should not be going tit for tat with the PGA Tour for eternity. Yeah, they need to bring Mark King in and just, you know, do some live chalupas or something. Yeah. Tacos for everybody, handing out tacos <laughs> at the Greenbrier. Mexican pizzas at right. uh, Mayakoba. Best, uh, you get Trump involved. Best burritos in New York and Trump Tower. Ship those things down to the Greenbrier. That's that's the trifecta right there. Neil, get your politics out of my golf, okay? Come on. This is a, it's a no collusion. It's total witch hunt at the match, okay? Speaking of no collusion, total witch hunt. P's attorney won a hearing this week. Larry Clayman, Neil's guy, down in Palm Beach. Uh, I, I guess they basically, it was a win, I guess, because they didn't throw the, the case out. Uh, the, the, it's like an antitrust case against the PGA Tour. Potentially could lead to depositions by the Cat, DL3, Big J, et cetera. I got put, I, I'm sure you guys did too, which kind of concerns me. I, I ended up on the Freedom Watch newsletter, Mr. Larry Clayman, the, the Honorable Larry Clayman, emailing me once a week <laughs> usually. And I do read it because it is entertaining. Like, hit the, I mean, I think he's, he sits with a thesaurus on his desk. I mean, some of the words he goes into with his overviews of these massive wins that he's that he's generating and and you know these crazy blows that he's dishing to the PGA Tour. Uh, the guy is, I mean, I don't know. He I may mean, have he's, more he's typos suing, than he's you. Suing people though, so I, I hate that he knows my email. That sucks. He may have more typos than you in yeah, these things too. But he, but you can it's tell he, he he takes pride in his vocabulary, which I appreciate. We got a question from Huge Sounds. I assume that's how you pronounce his name. How does Live shake out next year? I get this question a lot. How do you see this? How do you see this folding out? How do you see it unplaying? All, all things like that. And my gut right now is to say, like being kind of a dud, like basically how the year fin felt like it finished once they went abroad and no one was watching it and they were going up against football. It just feels like it, that's how it's going to kind of be if they don't continue to splash big names. But I'm curious how you guys see the next year playing out. I think it play. I think it ends up a lot like we feel right now. Like it's just kind of like cool, man. Like it, it kind of happened. I, I think the the cadence of their season feels very strange in that, you know, it's going to go from kind of March or April until September, and then the high, like the the time of year down in the South America and Australia and Southern Hemisphere when you could play a lot of good golf seems to be going by the wayside for them as well. So I feel like they're they're kind of trying to squeeze the the toughest part of the calendar for golf because it's already there's already 
good golf on. Yeah. I mean, it's it kind of to me, it's what happens with the telecast. Otherwise, I think I'm I'm right there with you. Of like, it's really going to be tough to, uh, you know, keep keep hyping it. Um, You're saying getting a television contract? Yeah. Yeah. And they keep teasing it. Like, we're close. We're close. We're close. I don't know. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe uh, that that's really like the key. If they don't get that, then it's probably going to be tough to keep the momentum up, especially if like competent people are, you know, voluntarily resigning. Yeah. As they're trying to scale up and hire yes, another hundred. That's people. tough. Now, granted, it's not like all, you know, rainbows and sunshine here at the PGA Tour. Like they're having trouble hiring people too. They have a million unfilled jobs. There's some challenges there as well, but I'm, I'm glad to sit on this side of the fence. Yeah, I think it is still up in the air. I, I think the PJ Tour has made a lot of really good moves, and I am excited and curious, and we're going to do a whole season preview for 2023 uh, to kick off the new year and address this in more details. I'm excited about it, but it's far from a guarantee that's going to work in the, in the way that I think everyone would like to see it work. Um, and it's just... I don't know. I'm back and forth on whether these WGC-like events are going to be really entertaining or are they not. Um, and I, I, fe- I still feel like they are, but even after, t- especially with talking with Harry Higgs, it's just kind of like, a, yeah, it might not work. We'll see. We'll find out. But they, they got a ton of other issues. Next up on the list, I had the QBE shootout. I missed this a couple weeks ago. QBE shootout becoming a co-sanctioned event with LPGA. It'll be a co-ed event. You know what? That's good stuff. I, I'm, I'm praise progress. Right, it it makes a supremely uninteresting event a little bit more interesting in my eyes. I I agree. Again, it's embracing kind of silly season and a little test run of you know doing something like this, and maybe we can end up with one that you know is is on the main competitive part of the calendar that gets a lot more eyeballs than the QBE shootout will. Um, but it's better than the current iteration, which I can't ever recall watching a single shot of it. Which now gives you a ex- little extra bit of a reason to tune in. So I'm in. Yeah. Uh, and then next up, we talked about this last week a little bit, an update to the Jack Nicholas Howard Milstein story, uh, battle royale of sorts. Uh, it turns out Jack, a court ruled that Jack can lend his name to golf design once again, uh, outside of the, the Nicholas design, uh, umbrella and, uh, work under the company one dash J N. So, so I know this, you know, this must make you really excited for, you know, Panther national things of that nature. Okay, I'm saving all comments for our Jack Nicholas financial deep dive, which is going to come at some point. I, I, I just can't believe he got like cucked out of his own name. That is tough. Like, you know, can't, can't, couldn't leverage his own name. Got just worst businessman ever. Got kind of pwinned by, uh, by Milstein total, <laughs> a total pwinning. Pwind or pwned? I always thought it was pwned. I, I think it could be either too. pwind, pwned. You got pwned. <laughs> well, like, but like literally owned though. Like that's what happens when you sell yeah, your name and likeness. That's, <laughs> I don't know what you were expecting out of this, but uh, I still feel woefully unqualified to comment on any of this Nicholas business stuff, but uh, it's, it's brewing there. That's all I could say. Somebody sent me a DM earlier. They're like, you guys got to cover this whole thing that's happening to Jack. It's so sad and like tragic what's happening. I'm like, there's nothing sad and tragic about any of this. He sold his name, image, likeness, associated companies for like $145 million. And then Milstein basically, you know, like bleeds the companies dry on cash and does a total jujitsu power play move, <laughs> gains board control, and like Jack's left out in the cold and can't even like, get together and non-compete to not work for his own companies anymore. It's insane. It's awesome. <laughs> that, is, that is really sick. Next up, I had the DP World Tour continues the the exceptionally strong start to the 2023 <laughs> season with the Afro-Asia Bank Mauritius Open. Uh, Frenchman Antoine Rosner prevailed by five shots. Uh, just a, a, a convincing victory there. Afro-Asia. So that's, that's kind of a dope name. I, I the, you put this in the agenda as continues the strong start, and I didn't hear the laughter behind it until you said it. I'm so happy that that there was laughter behind it because for a second I was like, "Oh my god, TC's going to tell me this is a really strong I, I start." Kinda saw, I looked at the agenda too, and I was like, "Huh, are we going to go down the leaderboard? Is this yeah, is this a, is this a, a big task event? Like certified big task event? I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm thrilled with the with the uh, tone as well. I I can't tell you why. I this golf season feels like it's bleeding 
later and later than any other year. This golf year, usually it's like around this time, I'm kind of like getting getting antsy for Kapalua. Like, let's do it. Let's let's start rolling. New year. And this year just feels like later and later and later. I don't know if it's the Tiger effect of December and the match and whatever it was, but uh, it's, I feel like it's going to be hard to, to get fired up again for the start of the season. Kapalua is in what? Like two and a half weeks? Yeah. It starts? It's coming. Yeah. That's wild. It's coming. It's coming. I'm coming. coming. <laughs> uh, we got the Sandbelt Invitational this week across Kingston Heath, Royal Melbourne, Yara Yara, and Peninsula Kingswood. It's uh, Jeff Ogilvie's kind of baby. And he and Clates and the guys down there. Cool format, pros, amateurs, mixed genders, all that stuff. Uh, I don't know. Cool event. I think that's, that's good. Uh, I, guys, I didn't realize Netflix is doing a drive to survive for tennis. Uh, I think that'll be a really, really interesting watch, especially knowing that like Kyrgios played really well this year and uh, just all sorts of different stuff. So that that uh, debuts January 13th. I think that'll be a nice preview of what's to come for golf as well. Uh, and then I just wanted to say congrats to the pro 4.0, Max Holman, being named at the Athletics Golf Person of the Year. How about that? Uh, by Brendan Quinn. What a How stud muffin. Good for Max. He put himself out there this year and achieved a heck of a lot along the way as well. So and he, you know happy. what? He, he kind of entered our Torah sauce target demographic of, you know, bored fathers with newborns watching our content. Texting us at random hour, like about the, you know, last episode. And I was like, oh yeah, you're bored with the kid. This is great. Good like, for you, man. Like 7 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Couple questions. Uh, and then, yeah, we are going to, we're keeping our, our, our silly season pods a little tighter. A little, we don't need to bleed into the, the close to two hour range this time of year. We're saving up some, some energy uh, for the holidays and for saving the, the, the takes, baby. Come on, we need, we don't want we don't don't want to burn out around the holidays. Speaking of the Netflix thing, just a line read uh, said, "What are the chances there will be a material difference in TV ratings after the Netflix series comes out? Will new fans new fans flock to the sport as they did with Drive to Survive? What do you guys think?" I would say there's a zero percent chance that there's a material <laughs> difference in the ratings. Maybe maybe for the biggest events or the majors, right? There could be a bump. But I think it'll be short-lived when they see the television product. Yeah, like I think about uh, I've been watching in-season Hard Knocks with Carson, and <laughs> she likes the show, but that doesn't mean she wants to watch any more football. Yeah, but no, I mean to to be fair, nobody wants to watch the Cardinals. Well, true, <laughs> but I think suck. the show even they can make the Cardinals interesting, right? Like I I, f- I find that Hard Knocks is is an example of like here's the most popular sport. It's like ah yeah, but I'm, that doesn't mean I really want to tune in. To any more fo- any more red zone that I'm watching, or it means long. hey, I want to watch the last hour and a half on Sunday. I don't want to watch Friday afternoon, right? Which Neil, by the way, on the Cardinals thing, so the 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 offensive line coach who got fired a few weeks ago, they think he actually wasn't the one that groped that lady. They think it was the GM, and it was a case of mistaken identity. Well, that would make sense because they do look similar. That's yeah, very interesting. I have a feeling yeah, that so like, it's going to be a really interesting uh, episode. I think this week. everybody on the Cardinals staff is going to get got here in about three or four weeks. Like it's not going well out there. It's they're having a bad time. What did I ask? Like what, 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 what was the question here? The question was about Netflix and like, will the show make golf? Okay. And I don't think it will. Like, I think it'll be real. I think it'll make people say like, I hope there's another Netflix series. Right. Like, well, Sally, Sally, you were just asking and it's like, they're, it's a similar thing. Cause the hard knocks thing is like in season. Like it, it, like it's always just been preseason, right? Last year they did the first in season one. They did it on the Colts and the Colts had this historic collapse. <laughs> and then, and then this year the, you know, like the Cardinals are just a smoldering disaster right now. Cliffs Kingsbury, uh, Kyler just tore his ACL. Uh, it, like it's, it's not good down there. So it's going to be super interesting. But like, I think, you know, we're going to see more and more of this in season stuff for sports, but like to Neil's point, it's not going to make you like want to watch the Cardinals. Well, I, I guess this, this will not be in season. It's going to be during a, a season, but it's not about the current season, right? It's about the previous year right? Yeah. in golf. Yeah. So it's not, I was just using it as a live. point. Of yeah, I like, know. I know. Football but I think, couldn't be the, it's the most popular sport in our country. And like, it's not really moving the needle with a casual fan in my own household. That's a, that's an audience of one. I would say overall, like the NFL media strategy has worked, you know, it, it is a piece in the like hard knocks is a piece in a very vast media strategy that has led to it being the most popular sport in our country by a long, long way. Whereas I feel like the sense I get from some golf people is that Netflix alone, this series can change golf forever and is going to bring this flock of fans in yet. 
the structure of how the sport is broadcasted and like the, it's a funnel that's going to you know lead everyone to watching it and realize that it's not worth your time right if you don't change that what worked for formula 1 was a multi-pronged approach that included bringing televised formula 1 races to the united states without commercials and it's i don't think we need to stress very strongly how different the golf operation is going to be when people tune in for this for the first time so um, I, I think, I think it's a, a net positive though, like more, I context, think so too, but like, it's, it's not going to save golf. I don't know. It's not, like, but it's a good thing. I'm, I'm excited about it. And I think it'll be a net positive, but there's a lot, you're right. Let's get the, there's some other things in the house we need to, we need to fix. And it's not PGA <laughs> tour only. I just want to keep stressing that too. Like it's not an info, like from what I've gathered, it's not an infomercial for the PGA tour and it's going to cover other golf as well. And the, the season as a whole, and it's going to be a bunch of unseen things in it. And um, I'm super curious to see how it gets executed. So, yeah. I'm I'm curious. I'm keen to see you know golf get covered like a sport. Yeah. Right. Uh, Neil, to your point on the on the house, like yeah, we like we got to fix the cracks in the foundation. Some of these there's some mold. of these asbestos problems. The <laughs> yeah, windows need replaced. Like the yeah, roof. The, the roof uh, is 18 years old. There's trees yeah, the overhanging the house. They try to put an addition yeah. on top, and it turns out that the floors kind of sink in. It's not good. The, the floors, yeah, there's horrible carpet in the bedrooms, too. Uh, like, the, the countertops have not been updated. Uh, listen, listen, I could, I, could, I could do this. I could keep going if you want. The, the yard's falling into disrepair. There's rot. Uh, there's a, a whole heck of a lot going on, and you're trying, to, you're trying to paint the outside of the house. We got a lot we got to address here. So, um, I, I, I do think it is going to, like... I think it is going to have a, a so look back to the question. We'll have a material difference in TV ratings. It depends on how you define material, but I think it's going to, it will add some buzz around golf. I really do think that. So, yeah, maybe it's a, you know, a slight increase in that coveted 18 to 49 demographic, right? Going through, I think this is our last question we'll get to tonight at biz BZ golf goals for the NLU lineup, not a deep dive, but what are the one to two things on the vision board? Uh, for your own golf game in 2023. Neil, I'll start with you. I'm pumped, man. I mean, we didn't get down to that zero handicap. That was the goal this year. So we're going to we're gonna keep that. I might have to put some P and Lynn in, though, and say, like, we're trying to get to a plus five, right? A mm. total, like, <laughs> my goals. Shoot, shoot, shoot for, for the, the moon, stars. Baby. That's <laughs> yeah. right. We're going to end up oh, yeah. at zero if we aim for that. I want to I, I improve my putting is what I want to do. I don't know exactly what that's entails but the good news is everyone should tune into the trap draws goal goals podcast which we have scheduled for i believe the 27th of december where we all get together and talk about both for release the first week of of january it'll be released the first week of january but i am i'm actively thinking about both personal and professional and golf goals but i i think you know those are those are two that i'll tease right now yeah, this is we're writing this in pencil. This is notes for the Trap Draw Goals pod, right? I don't want to tie myself to any of this. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back to being a aggressive and uh, on offense driver of the golf ball. Um, I think through a lot of my own doing, I have turned into the like about as defensive of a driver of the golf ball as possible. I'm fighting with one hand tied behind. My, I'm fighting for my fucking life out here, I'm trying to get <laughs> the, the insurance ball, companies love you. Trying how, to get, how defensive you are, trying to get the ball off the tee, and it has just bled through so many levels of my golf game. And I've stopped practicing chipping and and wedge play because I'm just trying to get it and play off the tee. And I want to get back to be on offense off the tee, and I think it's gonna fall into place um, I'm not going to play many events I'm going to try to peak for the for my the Gasparilla in February that's my one I just circle and just say that's my competitive golf time uh, and I want to get back to just playing more golf I did not I mean I think 2022 was a unique year for a lot of reasons and it involved the least amount of golf I've played um, I mean I've played a fair amount this fall that's just kind of my usual time to play but through September it was the least amount of golf I played since we started knowing up full-time and I think it can bleed into kind of how you cover the game when you get too tied down in pro golf and you lose touch sometimes with how hard it is to to fade a six iron to a back right pin and hold the green. Like it just can change your perspective on things. And I, I feel the most connected to the game when I'm out there playing it and enjoying it. And 2022 was not my best year for that. So that's a, that's a, that's a goal of mine. Uh, I'm right there with you. Being aggressive off the tee, trying to make more birdies. And trying to eradicate this left miss that's kind of crept in over the last uh, six to 12 months. Squash that now, TC. Let me tell you right here. Squash that now as somebody that's had it for two years. 
Well, really, since since Neil and I played at uh, at Belvedere, you know, that was when the left miss started creeping in, and it's just it's been an issue since then. So, you know, I've tried to eliminate the left side of the golf course, but I think off the tee, but in doing so, I kind of have felt like the the club's swinging me a little bit. I'm not swinging the club. Got to get back to swinging the club. Are the Jags headed to the playoffs? Gosh, I hope so, man. That was awesome Did today. Tennessee that win? was. Uh, I, I didn't see the end of the game. They're losing as of when we started recording. They were down 17-14. I can look that up for you, though. What a moribund organization the Tennessee Titans are. Like, there's just, like, nothing redeeming about them. God, the Patriots stink, too, huh? Titans lost 17-14 final. So the Jags are one game back, and they play the Titans last week of the year. Ooh, boy. But, man, the Jags. Like, they just, you know, Trevor just, you know, that fumble. I was like, man, this, this game's not over. I, Freddie and Alex, my wife, went to the game today, and uh, Freddie was sobbing after the fumble and uh you know alex is like it's not over yet we have three timeouts they didn't even need to use all three timeouts stinky dak gave him gave him a reprieve and uh like dude, dude dak was like 16 of 18 for 200 yards and two scores in the first half i was like all right he's coming into my house <laughs> and shitting on the floor <laughs> and like smearing it and saying dak was here tc like i own you and then sure enough he reverted to stinky dak third quarter and then you know blew the game there so uh it was awesome i love watching this football team man i i get so excited doug peterson like like i'll, I'll go to war for doug peterson it looks like every guy in that locker room would too uh ever since you know like the shit even like you know some of these starting games at the beginning of the year and then the ravens game of like last month or uh i, I can't remember when, when that was at this point but doug going going for two going for the win mm -hmm. Showing guys like 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 in my opinion, it's him and it's him and Dan Campbell for NFL Coach of the Year at this point. Which I, I kind of feel bad now because I didn't feel like it was the Jags' year. It felt like, hey, let's be as close as possible on a lot of these and lose is probably the best thing for the franchise. Stay one more year of like a plentiful draft, you know, filling up the coffers via the draft and be ready to come out and win some of those close margin games next year. And now it's like some of these close losses they've had are like, holy shit, they could be like 10 and four right now if a couple yeah. balls bounce a different way. And uh, they're exciting to watch. Trevor Lawrence is been a very very good player for i mean fantasy purposes and real nfl purposes for the last uh six to eight weeks he's been so uh like a different player since they came back from london seemingly just you know playing aggressively uh just looks assertive as hell so it's like i i disagree a little bit in that they it feels like to me it feels like they needed a really positive second half of the year to go into the offseason with some momentum and feel like you know, much more so than like, like I'm normally like tank for draft picks guy, but uh, just to erase all of the bad shit that happened from the urban right. years. I mean, it's crazy. Like this is pretty much the same football team. Like they didn't make a ton of huge changes from a personnel perspective year over year. Yeah, they got Devin Lloyd and some guys on the defensive end. Um, but like, like they won that game today with both of their starting tackles out at various points in the game. It's crazy. It's exciting. Um, so, I mean, it's a terrible division, of course, but it's exciting to have a little bit of football to root for. How about, so. how about the Colts? The Colts, uh, if, you know, they were, like, hovering around 500. They bench Matt Ryan. They fire their coach. They they go into an absolute tailspin, hire Jeff Saturday, and, and now, like, looking back, it's like all they had to do was just, like, not bench Matt Ryan and probably, like, yeah, you know, and Frank Reich, like, probably still has a job and they're – and they're like leading the division at that point. I don't know. I mean, they they just lost biggest comeback and gave up the biggest comeback in NFL history yesterday. They were up 33 to sick. nothing. And they lost 30 yeah. 36 to 33, which is pretty, 39 36. 39, excuse me, 39 36. Uh, which was somehow not a scoregami. That broke my heart. I was really hoping that that would be a scoregami. Scoregami is the best. It's fantastic. <laughs> For those it. that don't know, that's when there's a, a final score in an NFL game that has never happened before. It's always a fun thing to track. So even when there's not scoregami, it's like this this score has happened <laughs> yeah. 78 times in NFL history. The last time was this day. Neil, how about your your Jets? Uh Zach Wilson. Like, I don't think I've ever seen someone's teammates hate them as much as as his teammates hate him. They they lost a heartbreaker today to, to Detroit. 20 to 17. Uh last, you know. I think a game-winning drive. It was like fourth and three. I was watching it, and they uh, 
they threw an out route to the tight end and he went like 51 yards, which was which was tough. It's tough for the Jets. It sounds like there was a out, absolutely outrageous finish to the uh, Patriots Ravens game today, which uh, the with the game tied. Uh, they, the Patriots ran like a, what do they, what does Van Pelt call it? A, a flippy, flippy, whatever play, like with the game tied. And, uh, they prepared a bunch of laterals and the, the Raiders picked it off on one of the laterals and ran for a touchdown to win the game to finish it off. Well, I cannot wait to watch the clapper and coach break it down for me with Maria here shortly. Uh, probably time for us I've to been, wrap so I can catch. I've been waiting all day for that. I, you know, we'll have one more pod here to wrap up the year. I got to start working on it. Uh, the holiday medley that we always do kind of highlighting uh, a bunch of the year and interviews and all that, but this will be the last recap pod of the year. Uh, I want to thank everyone for uh, participating all the way through the end of the year. And well, it was a very trying year and all the people that have supported us uh, for this past year. And we got some great, great, great things cooking uh, for 2023, some changes to be made. We'll, we'll highlight some of those and discuss some of those on our preview podcast uh, that will come out in the very early part of the year. But, man, it's it's been a year. It's been a lot of fun. At times, it has been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of work. And uh, <laughs> uh, I've enjoyed going going through it with uh, with you two, as well as the Pie Man and Randy and all of our guests and all the people that have supported this show. So greatly appreciate it. Appreciate you, Thanks, Solly. everybody. And you, TC. Right. Good stuff. That is it for the flu game. We did it. I'm going straight to bed. You'll have to update me tomorrow as to what happens in Saturday Night Football. So... Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We will see you back here to start the new year. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Johnny, that's better than most. How about in? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect.